What up, y'all? Welcome to the Empowering Real Talk podcast. It's your girl, Keisha, of Upgraded Mindsets, and I created this platform to bring awareness, resource, and solution to negative and hindering behaviors plaguing our individual selves and our communities. Some of these topics can be uncomfortable, but in order for us to grow individually and as a whole, these conversations are necessary. Follow your girl on all streaming platforms. Make sure you subscribe to the Empowering Real Talk YouTube channel and let's get started. What up, y'all? Welcome back to the Empowering Real Talk podcast. It is your girl, Keisha, a.k.a. Coach K. Woods. And before I get started, you already know, please hit the subscribe button if you are watching this via YouTube. If you are listening on the podcast, make sure you are following me on your favorite streaming platform. Um, I'm definitely here to bring, you know, awareness to uncomfortable conversations that a lot of people don't want to talk about. But y'all know I'm down for that. This is why it's called us Empowering Real Talk, because in order for us to grow, these conversations are necessary. So as y'all can see, I am not alone today. Um, (laughs) I have a lovely, lovely guest with me, and I'm going to let her introduce herself. Hello, hello, hello. 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 It's so great to be here, Keisha. Um, My name is Julie Hall. I am a licensed marriage and family therapist by profession. I'm also a wife and a mom and a friend and a daughter and a sister. And um, I'm really happy to be here. I've been practicing for, you know, over a decade now and uh, specialize in a lot of different, you know, areas, grief, anxiety, depression, um, tough stuff. Like you said, the stuff that people don't generally want to talk about. Um, yeah, so I'm really happy to be here. Absolutely. And I'm definitely glad to have you. Um, like I said, we, we tend to brush a lot of these conversations under the rug. Um, you know, and I, I because I did it, you know, I spent years, you know, suppressing things and giving myself that strong woman stigma. I got it. I can handle everything. And unfortunately, um, it only carried me for a certain amount of time. Um, eventually I started kind of cracking at the scene. So, you know, it's like, okay, Keisha, something's got to give. Something's really got to give with that. Um, so I like journey. Um, and, you know, you being in that field, kind of give us a little backstory on, you know, what kind of even made you get started? Yeah, happy to. I'm just going to, I can see that there's a glare here. I'm trying to okay. do this to okay. um, adjust it for you. I hope it's not too bad. Uh, you're good. You're good. Okay. All right. So, um, yeah. So before energy, I love it. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. That's a good way to look at it. So, um, so before I was in the field of marriage and family therapy, I was in tech. Um, like I was a product manager, um, in different tech spaces. I worked in nonprofit. I worked in the government sector. I worked in corporate, uh, startups, So that was really the trajectory that I thought my career was going to go into. And then um, I, uh, you know, got married and uh, my uh, partner and I were trying to um, have children and I really struggled with fertility. And it wasn't something that was talked about at all in my family. It wasn't something that I thought that anybody in my family had dealt with. So it was a really, really tough time. And so I was working with a doctor at the time. And I remember Keisha, the doctor 
we were having one of our, you know, conversations about what procedure to try next. And he sort of slid over to me the business card of one of his colleagues, his colleague being a therapist who works also in that practice. And he said, you know, it might be helpful for you to talk to somebody. And to be honest with you, I was initially kind of offended because I was already working through so much just kind of, you know, physically, right? That the way that I was interpreting what he was saying is like, there's something wrong with me. And I, you know, like, you know, because growing up, nobody went to therapy as far as nobody talked about it. You know, it was, you know, pull yourself up and figure it out and get it together, get it together. Right. And so culturally for me, that wasn't something that in any way was affirmed. In fact, it was somewhat shamed kind of, you know, if somebody was going to therapy or seeing somebody, then there must be something really wrong with them. Right. And so, Yet there was something within me intuitively that was compelled to go like something in me that felt like, you know, what do I have to lose? Right. And so I did end up going to see this person. Uh, It was my first experience in therapy and it was like the floodgates open. I had no idea what I was carrying emotionally and mentally And that there was a space for me to actually process it, uh, talk about just the the emotional experience that nobody can see, right? The the pain of it, that just the heaviness of the load. Um, It was a real life changing experience for me, and so that really was my own journey as a client. But it really propelled me to wanting to be there for other people who were going through challenges and didn't feel like they had resources. How can I be a support for people? How can I, you know, remind people that this is not weakness. In fact, vulnerability is courage. So, um, so that's really what propelled me to go back to school. And so I went back to school about a decade ago and in the, you know, while I was, um, Actually, it was right before I started, uh, like I was starting school, I think it's September of that year. And in August of that year, we found out that we were pregnant. So that was really exciting. And so, you know, now I have an almost 10 year old, but she was with me through that whole process of grad school. And I took her with me, picked her up and it took her with me to get my diploma. It was, it was powerful. And so since then I've been on this journey, Keisha, with all supporting. It is the stories that I be talking about. Like, man, like the fact that you just did a complete 360 career wise. First of all, let's just talk about that. Mm -hmm. Um, We really, like you said, you know, culturally, we don't what go to there because honestly, let's be real. Like right now we still have people that look down on that. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? When mm-hmm. you have so many resources out here showing you that it is such a benefit. Um, you still have people that are like, no, no. They automatically associated with a straight jacket. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, growing up, that's exactly what, when you said crazy, mugs got mad because they like, I ain't crazy. I ain't crazy. You know, I ain't mm-hmm. crazy, but man, like 
it's so many people that I have watched, you know, now coming from a mindful place, really self-destruct mentally, you mm-hmm. know, as I grew up because they didn't have that, yeah. you know? Um, yeah. So kudos for you for even thinking differently and stepping out your comfort zone. Cause I know that was a hell of a step out of a comfort zone for you well, to even take that advice. I appreciate that Keisha. Yeah, I, it certainly was. And it's, you know, I think now I see it obviously on the other side, I see what it takes for people to get there, you know, to get into the space. And I do believe it to be an incredibly courageous space is what I always say to my clients is that it is a real privilege to sit across from somebody who is really taking the time to be introspective, to look at the hard things and to really, you know, the way that I sometimes language it is break cycles, Mm -hmm. right? Break cycles of, you know, whether it be violence, addiction, trauma, right? Abuse, right? You have to kind of do that work, you know, to get to the other side, right? You've mm-hmm. got to do the work. Um, and that's one thing, because like, you know, as a coach, you know, I, you know, and I always give my disclaimers, you know, I tell people, you know, I'm not a therapist. So if you're wanting to have the conversations with me about your past and those things, like I'm just not that person, but I have resources to refer, you know, sure. to refer out, you know, um, I'm very vigilant on that because I know what it took on my own journey. So I'm not going to try to let anyone skip over that part of things. Hello. Um, (laughs) so, um, you know, but a lot of people are like, I'm not cookie cutter. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm real Mm -hmm. adamant in my words and very like stern in what I speak, but Mm -hmm. I'm also confident in what I speak because not only have I experienced it, but I have also done the research to know that this is something that you need to be clinically taking, talking to. And this is something that, you know, we can talk about futuristic wise, you know, with regards to goals and, and being consistent and things like that, you know, um, and, and so people are like, you know, well, why can't I just talk to you? Because you can't, um, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I would love to be your support team, you know, but I have to make sure I always let people know the difference between the two. Um, because okay. like I said, we need therapy. Um, uh, I'm not going, you know, coaching is after that to me. Right. I feel well, like, um, go ahead. Yeah. Well, and you know, I think to your point, Keisha, uh, I've even had clients, you know, say to me, well, I really want to focus on my future. I really want to focus on, you know, uh, how to move forward. Right. And, um, and I see that I get that. And, you know, I have such an appreciation for coaching and I think it's so powerful and important. And we miss a lot if we are not reflective of our history. That does not mean we are dwelling on our history right. and past. But it is really important for us, you know, the way that I communicate it is we have to make the covert over. We have to put, bring awareness to what we are coming to the table with, right? What are we coming with, right? And so, you know, when I do that historical work with clients, it really is um, like, there's a there's a systematic right there is a methodology around how I do this family work with clients so what I generally do is I look at to the extent possible I look at three generations of your family I look at your grandparents generation your generation your your parents generation and then your generation we're looking at three particular areas of focus we're looking at relational patterns so that's things like though that that consists of how was love given? 
Yeah. How was love received? What did communication look like? What were the different conflict styles, right? So that's, so we're looking at patterns, relational patterns. And the second thing we look at are narratives. Like what are some of the stories that have been carried generationally? What are some of the, the you know, and I call it sort of the stories that I tell myself about myself and the stories that I tell myself about the people around me, right? So things like, who do we consider to be good? Who do we consider to be bad? What do we consider to be good? What do we consider to be bad? Right. What does success look like? What does failure look like, right? And these are not, like I, I generally say, our stories don't just come out of nowhere. Our right. stories are given to us based on how we're responded to or not responded to, right? So they're not always, you know, it, they're not necessarily explicitly given to us, but they're implicitly given to us just by the way the way that the people around us kind of move. So, so we have patterns, we have narratives. And the third thing that I look at with clients is trauma. What's, what's a trauma, the history of trauma in your family. And there are a lot of different definitions of trauma out there. The one that I found to be particularly powerful is one by an author. He's amazing. His name is Resma Menachem. And he wrote a book called My Grandmother's Hands. And the way that he defines trauma is anything that happened to us that was either too much too fast, too much too long, or not enough too long, mm. where we did not receive adequate support and resourcing. Wow. I know. <laughs> I know. I know. And so... I, I really try to walk through those particular areas of focus with clients again, make the covert over, right? Because we just otherwise we just bring this along with us. It's like that big, it's all that baggage we carry with us. Unless we are intentionally looking at what is serving me well and what is not serving me well. That part. Right. That part. Ooh. Right. Yeah. We we don't want to look at those things sometimes because sometimes it involves us taking accountability. Um, that's one thing that I, I I talk about a lot. I am big on accountability because that's where a lot of us get stuck at, you know, um, or we put the boat. I tell, you know, my clients, I'm like, accountability does not have the word but in it. Um, you know, I, I, I hate to say it, but it doesn't, you know, yes, we can, you know, try to deflect and say, you know, but they did this and they did it worse than me. And, but there's, there's no, but in accountability, That's exactly. Um, you know, so it does require us doing that work, um, you know, finding that thing out. So like you said, taking that historical part with us, as far as in our growth, you know, um, because we've got to grow from this. We've got to grow from it. Um, and I don't take away from nobody's experiences because I tell people all day, if if I sat here and told you my story for 10 minutes, your mouth would drop. Mm -hmm. um, you know, so um, but I I, I, I'm healing you know, from everything. Um, yeah. It's not healed. I'm healing and I'll probably die healing. Healing. Hello. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so, there's such a great quote, Keisha, that says something like, it ran in my family until it ran into me. Period. Hey, I'm breaking them curses. And it, it has not been easy. Mm. Um, there are definitely days where I'm like, you know what? I don't care no more. <laughs> um, but hey, something always snaps me back into place. Um, you know, I've done some reconditioning of my mind. Um, I've done some realigning, refocusing, um, getting my values on point, you know, and I have broke the I have created such an inner confidence that. 
nothing can break that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and that's what made me want to come back and work with women to do the same. Um, we can do it. Um, it's not too late for us. Um, it's never too late for us to break those cycles that we know that we have watched, you know, damage families and damage our own families and things Mm -hmm. like that. Um, so it's just important that I stay vigilant in my purpose of playing a part in breaking, breaking free from those generational curses. So, and you know, I, I love even just the name, like empowering, empowering real talk podcast, right? Like the word empowering, you know, I really do believe there's like this inverse sort of direct correlation between anxiety and empowerment. Meaning like what I mean by that is the more um, empowered we feel generally, the less anxious we are, Mm -hmm. the less empowered we feel, the more anxious we are. So empowerment is so crucial to our just overall health is recognizing that we can make choices. We have agency in these places and that's not to discount you know, systems and things that are trying to hold us, right? And I recognize that. And at the same time, what does it look like for me to recognize that I can make choices in these places, right? That I have opportunity to make choices in these spaces. And we notice that when I could go come from that mindset, it decreases anxiety. There's an entire sort of direct correlation there. Yeah, I, I can totally see that. Um, like there, I, I don't want to tell people that it's difficult when you are used to a certain defaulted way, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we default, we are on default and you know this, like I know this, we are on default mm-hmm. over half our days, you know, our mind automatically diverts, you know, to negative, you know, because I tell people we see it all day. You know, if you're watching the news, you know, you're watching it on the news all day. You're seeing it on your social media pages. Um, You know, what your algorithm, what you like, what you like all the time, that's what your algorithm is going to keep showing you. Um, Mm -hmm. So if you are steady, you know, feeling like that, oh, if you only watch a couple negative things, then it's not going to have a reflection on your other hours of the day. I'm here to tell you that that is inaccurate. Um, Mm -hmm. Your mind Mm -hmm. is defaulting to what you see. And that's what it is. The self-sabotage, that's the negative thinking. Um, You don't think that you could do it because you maybe see somebody else that might have failed at something. So you take Mm -hmm. that failure with you. Um, You know, it's just so many things. It's it's You have to be intentional in putting positive into your life. Mm-hmm. Um, I speak that every day, you know, whether I'm reciting five affirmations, 25 affirmations, because that morning was a little rough morning. Hey, I'm going to affirm a good day for myself. Yeah. And even if I have a struggle emotionally, because I suppressed emotions for years, yeah. um, I've probably the past two and a half years probably been more vulnerable and emotional than I have in my other 44 years of life. Okay. Hello. Hello. <laughs> mm-hmm. but, um, you know, I am very intentional in showing my emotions um, and being very vulnerable with myself. And people be like, girl, I never thought I'd see you do that. I never thought I'd see you talk about this. You're right. But guess what? My journey was necessary and I made that happen and I'm making that happen. Oh, you know, and you know, this really reminds me just what you're sharing, Keisha. It reminds me of um, one of the sort of table stakes, the tenets of my, my therapeutic practice is uh, self-compassion, 
-hmm. like what it looks like for us to really speak to ourselves in a different way, in a way that is, again, not discounting accountability, but taking away that self-critic, right? The inner critic that can be so loud and, and, um, and in some ways we think the inner critic is driving us, like is driving us forward. Like the, 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 um, you know, more, uh, sort of demeaning I am with myself, the sort of the, the more it will actually move me. And in fact, what we find is that the practice of self-compassion, it actually opens up the centers of our brain that tell us we are capable of growth and change. So not only is self-compassion a kinder way of being, but it accelerates our growth. And so much of, you know, again, coming back to the family work, it's um, one of the things that I really work with clients around is um, inner child, right? You know, there's a quote that says, we are all the ages we ever were. Mm. We are all the ages we ever were. And so, you know, you talked about conditioning. So much of the ways that we move come from how adaptive we had to be as children, right? These ways of surviving and keeping ourselves safe as children. And so to unlearn, that can feel in the body dangerous. It can feel in the body. And so there's a practice for us of parsing out what is and what was, mm -hmm. right? You know, as children, we can certainly feel disempowered because we're children, right? And yet we take that disempowerment with us as adults. And so the practice of kind of inner child work is like a kind of reparenting. It's like the way that I see it, it's like, Imagine if I'm like activated by something, right? Something upsets me. It's as if a younger fractured place in my lived experience is showing up in that moment and kind of like tugging at my shirt and asking the question of me and my adult self, are we okay? Are we, are we safe? Is this like that time where we really felt that thing? We felt unsafe or we felt unloved or we felt unwanted or we felt rejected is this like that time and what we generally can do for our good reasons we're like go away yeah right we we say we like want to dismiss that tug minimize it and or because it's disruptive right mm -hmm. it's disruptive in those places yet the more that we you know dismiss suppress right the more that place in us essentially it reinforces, okay, I guess I am alone. I guess I am unwanted. I guess I am unloved. And yet the inner child practice is to recognize that tug of that younger fractured place in us and bring that younger place in us close hmm. and say to that younger place in me, we're di it's different now. We're yeah. empowered now. We can be empowered now. It's not like it was back then. We can do something different now. Oh right. my God, so yeah. powerful, so yeah. powerful. Yeah. <sighs> and it's that practice of actually taking that younger place in us along with us on this journey, right? Absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. Yeah. That's so powerful. Yeah. Um, that, that just really takes me back to yeah. my beginning of my transformation. Um, I I like those words just took me, you know, so far back, um, you know, like, I'm super proud of where I am, but those words, like they sometimes can make or break you. I know, you know it. they mm -hmm. can really sometimes make or break you. Um, and 
you know, I know you deal with family, you know, and things like that. And I know you probably see where, you know, the rest of the family does not support when someone is trying to, you know, make the shifts to, you know, become a better person mentally and whatever else. And, you know, sometimes the family's still restricted in their way of thinking Hello. and, you know, they lose the support, you know, because of that. Um, I've literally been a witness to that um, personally, you know, and also seeing it amongst others who are making their transformational changes under, you know, under my wing. So um, that's a tough thing. And I know that you probably see that a lot and probably have conversations about that a lot. I do. I do. And I think you're touching on something really um, powerful, Keisha, which is, you know, I could be on my journey, but, you know, being on my, it's like, you know, if you imagine like a, a baby's like in a crib, there's like that mobile thing on top of the crib, mm -hmm. right? To that. Right. And so one person is making change. It impacts the other family dynamic. So like in the baby's mobile, one thing moves and the other things move too. Right. So your growth, right. Or someone's growth can impact the dynamics of the yes. family can in fact, actually almost have the family be sort of forced to really look at themselves and look at, Hey, you know, we, what the boundaries it, it, people who are experts in boundaries, like Nedra Tawab. I don't know if you're familiar with her. She's I am very familiar with her. Uh, yes. <laughs> very, very, very. She's a beast, right? And she talks very. about how our boundaries are the hardest on the people who took advantage of our boundaries, are the people who felt like, right, who who uh, who um, benefited from us not having boundaries, right? They're the hardest on those people, right? Because wait, I can't benefit from that anymore, right? And so I, I certainly see that a lot. And, you know, one of the things that I just, you know, really try to practice with clients is just reminding them that this journey, first and foremost, is not for anybody else, but for our own healing, right? Is our own healing. And from that place, is where we bear fruit. And while it may not be showing in this moment, we have to continue to focus on the fruit that is being produced in us, right? Even just in ourselves, right? Generally, the people who are struggling are the ones that haven't done their work yet. They haven't done their, you know, for a good reason. I'm not shaming that. Right, I know right, everybody course, has their own timeline, but right, it's just and also, I really want to I try to encourage people to find their safe people, even if it's just one or two people who get it. Maybe it's your pastor. Maybe it's just the girlfriend who has been ride or die from the beginning. Maybe it's your partner, but someone, maybe it's your therapist, but someone who gets it, right? Someone who, maybe it's your coach, someone who is safe for you in the space. That, that is really key. Yeah. That safety net, that, you know, that un, unjudgmental, that non-judgmental, non-biased, you know, that non-biased person that you can pretty much tell um, everything to, um, you know, without feeling like that you're going to be judged or anything else. Um, I definitely, you know, definitely believe in ride or dies. I definitely believe in finding your tribe. You know, it, it is super important to find your tribe um, and, and be open to understand that it doesn't necessarily have to be someone that's been around forever. Um, because mm -hmm. although I do have my ride or dies, I also have uh, adapted with a whole new tribe that I mm -hmm. can trust any and everything just from being on my journey these past couple of years. Hello. So Hello. Um, being super open and receptive to receiving 
that. Mm. Super mm-hmm. receptive. And it has been probably one of the best things that's happened to me. So mm-hmm. got to stay open-minded, um, open-minded to receive. Everybody is not out to hate. Everybody's not out to, you know, bash and criticize. And mm-hmm. I know that's what we have been, we see in society all day. Um, and, you know, before we get out of here, like as far as the last couple of years, you know, because we all know that the sanest person has been tested since March of 2020. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just in your experience, do you see like light at the end of that tunnel that we coming out of right now when it comes to our mental well-being? You know, I think some one of the things I, it has been so difficult and so painful, and there are still obviously, you know, the remnants of it and the the um, impacts of COVID. And also, I see just I think one of the things that has been so powerful is that therapy, right? Vulnerability. It doesn't even have to be in the therapeutic space, but to actually give yourself permission to check in with your own mental, emotional health has become more mainstream. In fact, I um, have had many more male clients than I had in the past. Nice. Yeah. I love love that to hear that. I love to hear that. Well, that's the thing, right, Keisha? You know, uh, there's a, a, a an incredible therapist. Her name is Esther Perel, and she's shared that particularly for men, the the two emotions that for men have generally historically been affra- affirmed are anger and lust. I can believe that anger and lust, right? And so to actually, you know, have men in the space really unpack their own history and to express vulnerability. Um, you know, whether it be pain, grief, uh, loss, hope, you know, all of those more vulnerable um, emotional experiences, it's really powerful. Mm. It is really powerful. And so I, I do believe that there is real beauty in, uh, you know, obviously what has taken us to these breaking points, it has required of us not uh, required of us to reckon with our mental and emotional health, certainly the physical health aspect, but, uh, and also the, me- that we can't ignore it. No, we can't ignore it. Nope. All right. It's and time. so it's time. It's, and, you know, even just these messages of vulnerability, in fact, being courageous to actually see ourselves as, you know, whole beings to acknowledge our own humanity. And, you know, I see it in my family, history, I know we're just about to end, but in my family history, you know, my mom, single mom in survival mode. Yeah. And so there wasn't really any space. Talk about it. We'll there wasn't talk any about space. It. We were just trying to, you know, make it work and, you know, put food on table. And, and that was the reality. And so there wasn't space to really look at the grief or depression or pain. And it was suppressed. And, and so I don't, you know, I, I, when we go into the therapeutic space, it's not about blame because we really believe that people, you know, to the extent that they had the tools, they were doing the best that they can for the most part. Now that we have resourcing that is available to us in these kinds of ways, right? That's, I think the encouragement is that people are reaching for it, reaching for it. And it's just reminding us that we are not alone, that we are not alone in this journey. So as isolated as COVID was for so many of us, it was just, I think what we're recognizing is, man, we are all connected. Like we are all connected in this. 
So yeah. I get that. Oh, girl, you got away with some words. You hear me? Like, I, woo, I, the power behind that is just yeah. so, so needed. Um, yeah. That's that reassurance that I tell people about. That's that positive reinforcement. Um, you know, I, I appreciate you so much, you know, yeah. for just taking the time to actually, you know, be here um, to speak that because I'm going to tell you right now, this episode right here is definitely going to make an impact because um, it made one for me today. So I'm yeah. definitely going home empowered more than I was when yes. I came in the office. Yes, yes, yes. Um, yes. You Same. know, I, I just, I, I really, um, just feel like I'm, this podcast is for these uncomfortable t conversations, um, you know, so I, I, I'm so grateful for you to bring an uncomfortable conversation. Um, and, you know, anytime you want to come back to have some more uncomfortable conversations, let's make it happen. But Absolutely. let them know where they can find you. Um, you got your website scrolling at the bottom of the page, but let them know what you got going on. What's upcoming? You know, what's 2023 bringing for you? Um, well, 2023 is, you know, I am just, you know, fully in my practice. Um, one of the things that I am actually getting certified um, around is just deeper trauma work and also something called EMDR. It's eye movement desensitization reprocessing therapy. It's heavy, without the, 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 um, just the language of it. What it is, is essentially trying, helping us go back to traumatic experiences in a way where they don't activate us to the level 10 that through this technique and you're using sensory you, you know um there, there's a there's a real sensory component to it through this very method um uh method-based process bringing um activating experiences from the 10 to a three to a two where they can really be tolerable and they don't manage us but we can actually manage them so anyway it's um it's dope. it is dope and it's um and it's proven to be effective um in the therapeutic space and so it's something that i'm getting certified on but as far as people find me my website's the best way to find me juliehalltherapy.com juliehalltherapy at gmail is where you can just send me a note and uh it is really a privilege and honor to be here keisha and what you are doing for your audience taking your own story pain trial learnings and giving it to um women through your generosity so i just honor that um thank you yeah 100 appreciate that so so much so so much thank you um well y'all know y'all can find me at upgradedmindsets.life y'all know um y'all look for the podcast it is streaming on all platforms so make sure you favorite it and um i'm on social media of course at coach k-a-y-w-d-s but in the meantime in between time y'all these conversations are necessary thank you again so much i appreciate you for being here until next time uh, until next time guys stay dope and stay positive and i'll talk to y'all soon deuces mm -hmm.